Chapter 3 of A Paraphrase Upon the Epistle of Paul to the Galatians by Thomas Boston. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 3, verse 1. O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you, that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you? O foolish Galatians, what devilish artist has deluded your spiritual senses and cast mist before your eyes to dazzle them and make things appear which you do not indeed see, so that you do not obey the commanding light of the truth of the gospel, in which ye are most inexcusable, seeing by my ministry the doctrine of Christ was as evidently preached to you as if the mystery of Christ had been painted on a board before your eyes and he had been crucified again amongst you. Verse 2. This only would I learn of you, received ye the Spirit by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith. Verse 3. Are ye so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? Verse 4. Have ye suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? Verse 2. Ye are very fond of the doctrine of justification by works, but pray, you tell me this one thing, Ye have received the Spirit of God to dwell in you as the principle of saving grace and miraculous operations, according to the promise thereof in the prophets. But whether did you receive the Spirit by the doctrine continually buzzing in your ears, the works of the law, or by the doctrine of faith in Christ, which ye heard? Your own consciences will tell you it was the latter, not the former way. And is it possible that the doctrine should be false, by which God communicated to you his Spirit? Verse 3 wonderful folly when ye first embraced christianity ye received the spirit of god which as a seal of the truth of that doctrine ye heard taught you to look for justification by faith alone so that it must be indwelling corruption that sets up for another way and what more unworthy of a wise man than to think the spirit began the work but corruption must give it the finishing stroke and teach you a doctrine better though contrary to that which the spirit sealed verse four I know ye suffered many hard things for adhering to the gospel doctrine, especially by the Jews, whose rage was kindled to raise persecution against the Christians, because they thought the gospel was destructive of the law. And have ye even suffered all these things in vain, so as to lose the reward by your after disowning of the truth ye suffered for? Shall I say ye have suffered in vain? I would fain hope yet it would be otherwise, by your taking up again the same cause ye suffered for before. Verse 5. He therefore that ministereth to you the Spirit, and worketh miracles among you, doth he it by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith. Verse 6. Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Verse 5. Ye did receive the Spirit at first among you by means of the doctrine of evangelical righteousness. I will ask you then another question. Some among you do receive the Spirit at this day, and there are yet miracles wrought among you, now what sort of teachers is it whose ministry god thus seals by conveying saving grace into the hearts of the hearers and by miracles is it they who preach justification by works or those who preach justification by faith ye cannot but acknowledge it is the latter not the former sort truly saving benefits are communicated to none any other way than they were before they are received by faith still verse six even as abraham received who believed God in that promise, verse 8, and that was reckoned for righteousness to him, not faith in itself, which with other works is also excluded, but that righteousness of Christ which Abraham's faith 
did lay hold upon was reckoned by the Lord for his righteousness. Verse 7. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Verse 7. I would have you know, then, that seeing Abraham was justified by faith, those that seek justification by faith, they are the spiritual children of Abraham, heirs with him of the same spiritual inheritance, though they be Gentiles, and none of his natural seed. Verse 8. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. Verse 8. And this will plainly appear, if it be considered, that the Spirit of God, who speaks in the Scriptures, saw long before it was accomplished that God would justify the heathens by faith. And therefore long ago he preached to Abraham the same gospel we now preach, which was holden forth in this promise, viz. that all nations, Jews and Gentiles, should be blessed in him, in so far as of him should come that blessed seed, Jesus Christ, who should purchase all blessings to be bestowed on them, and not leave them to be procured to them by their own works. Verse 9. So then, they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Verse 9. So then it follows that they which seek justification by faith are blessed with the same blessings as believing Abraham, and so are his children, and no other. Verse 10. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is every one that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Verse 10. For as many as adhere to the law, seeking to be thereby justified, they are under God's curse, and so have no share in Abraham's blessing. That they are under the curse, the scripture teaches, where it is written, that every one who gives not perfect and perpetual uninterrupted obedience to the law is under the curse, being by the same law devoted to destruction. So we see that all men adhering to the law for justification are cursed by the law. Verse 11. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident, for the just shall live by faith. Verse 11. But that no man is justified by the law before God, however their works may justify them before men, is evident from that of the prophet Habakkuk. He that is just by faith, even he shall live a life of justification, sanctification, and comfort, and that for ever he shall never lose it. Verse 12. And the law is not of faith but the man that doth them shall live in them. Verse 12. But the law does not hold forth justification or life by faith, but by works. For thus speaks the law, The man that doth those things which the law commandeth him to do, he shall live by virtue of his works. And this no man can do, and therefore no man can be justified by the law. Nor is law righteousness the righteousness pointed at by the prophet as the righteousness which will give life. Verse 13. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is every one that hangeth on a tree. Verse 14. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Verse 13. Perhaps ye will say that if the law be so rigorous as we pretend, that it will not justify a man but him that fulfills it every way perfectly and curses others, we ourselves must be cursed too, or else the law's threatening is made void. I answer that Christ has freed us from the curse of the law, and that not by making it void, but by his bearing the curse that the law denounced against us. 
and that christ did bear the curse is evident from his cursed death which he died being hanged on the tree of the cross which kind of death had by the great lawgiver a ceremonial curse annexed thereunto and all the ceremonies having a respect to christ the curse fell on him in the greatest reality which lay but typically on malefactors that were hanged on a tree verse fourteen and christ bear the curse of the law to the end that the same blessings which were entailed on abraham the father of the faithful by promise might be given to the gentiles through christ coming into the world dying and by his death taking down the partition wall and making jew and gentile all one according to the promise in thee shall all nations be blessed and further he bears the curse that we both jews and gentiles might receive the spirit compare verse two which was promised to be poured out in gospel days in larger measure than ever before that we might i say receive the spirit through faith not by the works of the law verse fifteen brethren i speak after the manner of men though it be but a man's covenant yet if it be confirmed no man disannulleth or addeth thereunto verse fifteen brethren i will borrow a similitude from human affairs to let you see that the giving of the law by moses did not bring in a new way of justification different from that of the promise made to abraham or covenant of grace though a covenant be made only between man and man yet if it be confirmed by oath of parties or other usual ways of confirmation neither of the parties can justly make that covenant void nor add any clause thereto destructive of the former verse sixteen now to abraham and his seed were the promises made he saith not and to seeds as of many but as of one and to thy seed which is christ verse sixteen now the promises of the inheritance etc were made of god to abraham and to his seed god making these promises saith not and to abraham's seeds as if the promise had respect to several sorts of abraham's seed some to be justified one way some another way but as including all his children together in one he saith to thy seed which is christ mystical believing jews and gentiles gathered together into one body making up abraham's one seed to which the promises are made as well as to abraham himself verse seventeen and this i say that the covenant that was confirmed before of god in christ the law which was four hundred and thirty years after cannot disannul that it should make the promise of none effect verse eighteen for if the inheritance be of the law it is no more of promise but god gave it to abraham by promise verse seventeen this then i say for application of that known maxim in human affairs to the business in hand that seeing the covenant of grace or those absolute promises verse sixteen made to abraham and to his one spiritual seed were before the giving of the law confirmed and made sure by the oath of god to christ mystical that one seed the law of moses which was given four hundred and thirty years after the promises above said cannot make void the covenant so as to render the absolute promise of righteousness and life of none effect and to no purpose it never being fulfilled but a new way introduced viz by the law which would undoubtedly make the promise useless verse eighteen because if the inheritance of glory typified by the inheritance of canaan be by the law it is not by that absolute promise for these are inconsistent but sure it is god gave the inheritance to abraham by virtue of that promise and therefore it was not by the law verse nineteen 
wherefore then serveth the law it was added because of transgressions till the seed should come to whom the promise was made and it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator verse twenty now a mediator is not a mediator of one but god is one verse nineteen ye will say for what end was moses's law given then if it was not that we might get life by it i answer that purely with respect to the israelites to discover their transgressions to them moses's law was adjoined to the promise made to the one seed not as a part of the covenant but as a thing extrinsical to it yet subservient thereto which was only to remain adjoined to the covenant or promise till such time as the one seed should come jews and gentiles being gathered together into one body and one spiritual seed by christ to which one seed the promises were made as i have before showed and that moses's law was thus and no other way added to the promise appears from its being ordained and given by the ministry of angels moses serving as mediator betwixt god and the people in the giving of this law verse twenty but so it is that this mediator of the law to wit moses is not the mediator of the one seed to which the promise was made and yet god is the covenanted god of the one seed he being that one god of all in whom both believing jews and gentiles have a common interest as making up the one seed of abraham to which he promised to be a god saying i will be thy god and the god of thy seed therefore it clearly follows that moses's law had respect to no other but the israelites and that only a temporary respect even to them and that god is the covenanted god of believing jews and gentiles moses's law being entirely laid aside having already served out its time verse twenty one is the law then against the promises of god god forbid for if there had been a law given which could have given life verily righteousness should have been by the law verse twenty two but the scripture hath concluded all under sin that the promise by faith of jesus christ might be given to them that believe verse twenty one but ye will object if god be the covenanted god of abraham's one seed but moses not the mediator of that one seed the law will be contrary to the promise seeing the law promises life only to works and yet god will be a god to people without any respect to works i answer that were a blasphemous assertion to say the law is contrary to the promises for that would make god inconsistent with himself but the law was given for no such end as to give life to sinners for if that law had been given by moses as a law able to give life to sinners truly then righteousness had been by the law verse twenty two but that written law of moses is so far from giving righteousness that upon the contrary it hath by its rigorous commands and ceremonial rites concluded as in a prison our persons thoughts words actions in a word are all under sin it has irrefragably demonstrated all to be sinful to the end that the righteousness and life promised in the absolute covenant might be given to them that believe they receiving the same by faith so that the law of moses was notably subservient to the promise and not contrary to it verse twenty three but before faith came we were kept under the law shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed verse twenty three but before the doctrine of faith in jesus christ was revealed clearly in the gospel being severed from those things wherewith it was enveloped under the legal dispensation we jews were kept as by a guard under the laws of moses and shut up as in a prison by the commands and threatenings of the moral law and by the rites of the ceremonial law which still held guilt and death before our eyes 
that the revelation of the doctrine of faith which was clearly to be proposed in the gospel might be as welcome to us as the opening of prison doors to poor prisoners verse twenty four wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto christ that we might be justified by faith verse twenty four whence it follows that the law of moses served the church in its infant state as a schoolmaster to teach us the need we had of christ and so to bring us to him that we might be justified by faith in him verse twenty five but after that faith is come we are no longer under a schoolmaster verse twenty six for ye are all the children of god by faith in christ jesus verse twenty five but now seeing the clear revelation of the doctrine of faith is made in the gospel we are no more under that schoolmaster verse twenty six for all of you whether jews or gentiles believing in christ are now sons of god come to age having the clear knowledge of the mystery of christ by the gospel and so not standing in need of that legal pedagogue ye hear and know that christ was crucified etc so that ye need not sacrifices to hold forth the death of the messiah to you etc and ye are sons of god and that sons come to age by reason of your faith in christ jesus who is already come your faith having the pre-eminency of the faith of the saints under the legal dispensation that whereas the object of their faith was christ who was to come the object of yours is christ come already verse twenty seven for as many of you as have been baptized into christ have put on christ verse twenty seven ye need not doubt your sonship because of the want of circumcision for baptism has come into its room and as many of you as have been baptized i speak of you according to the judgment of charity none of you having been baptized by the ministers of christ but such as have made a credible profession of saving faith as many of you i say as have been baptized in token of your ingrafting to christ are united to christ the son of god of which union your baptism is a seal verse twenty eight there is neither jew nor greek there is neither bond nor free there is neither male nor female for ye are all one in christ jesus verse twenty eight the one seed is now come the partition wall is taken down though before it was otherwise yet now it is no matter whether ye be jews or gentiles bond or free male or female the believing gentile without more ado has as great privileges as the jews and though bond-servants and women were restrained from the enjoyment of some privileges under the old testament which free persons and men were admitted to leviticus twenty two ten genesis seventeen ten it is not so now women are baptized though they were not circumcised bondmen may eat of the gospel holy things and freely partake as well as the free though they were debarred from eating of the holy thing under the law for why ye are now all one body and one spiritual seed made one in christ to whom all of you are joined by faith verse twenty nine and if ye be christ's then are ye abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise verse twenty nine now seeing ye are christ's which interest of his in you is sealed by baptism ye are the spiritual children of abraham yea all of you together are that one seed of his to which the promises were made and so ye are heirs of the heavenly inheritance according to the promise thereof made to you as abraham's seed without any respect to the law End of chapter three